everybody. Welcome to Come Follow Me Daily Dose. I'm Lindsay Hansen, and today is November 8th. Today we're going to continue in this week's Come Follow Me block. We're going to continue along in this journey with Paul as he teaches the Jewish converts about letting go of tradition, letting go of old law, letting go of previous ways of worship to really embrace Jesus Christ and faith in him. That's what we've kind of been talking about all week, and we're going to continue that today as Paul continues to teach and expound on these same sort of doctrines. Starting in verse 1 of Hebrews chapter 10, it says, For the law, having a shadow of good things to come, and not the very image of the things, can never with those sacrifices which they offered year after year continually make the comers thereunto perfect. And then skipping down in verse 4, it says, For it is not possible that the blood of bulls and of goats should take away sins. So what Paul is saying here essentially is that the law had a shadow of what was going to come. The law was a type or a shadow. It was supposed to help us see Christ and what Christ was going to do. It was supposed to be symbolic of him. But it said if we just kept doing it year after year, it never would have had the actual power to redeem sin because that power actually came from Christ from the very beginning, even before Christ came, even before he was born, even before he died and was resurrected. The power of his future atonement gave power to the blood of the lamb and the blood of the bull. It gave power to Yom Kippur. It gave power to the high priest that day in the Holy of Holies. That is, in every sense, a very complete, very eternal atonement that its effects could take place even before Christ was born. But I love what he's saying here is that had Christ never been born, if it weren't for Christ, if it weren't for his resurrection, if it weren't for his atonement, then none of this would ever have any effect because it's not possible for the blood of bulls and of goats to take away sin. It's only possible for the blood of Christ and his blood made it possible for the blood of the lamb and the bulls and the goats to have effect for sin. Does that make sense? Remember what King Benjamin taught in his sermon. In Mosiah chapter 3, verse 13, it says, And the Lord hath sent his holy prophets among all the children of men to declare these things to every kindred, nation, and tongues, that thereby whosoever should believe that Christ should come the same might receive remission of their sins and rejoice with exceedingly great joy, even as though he had already come among them. And that is why the law and the ceremonies and the sacrifices of the law could work, because Christ would come and because the law was supposed to point people toward Christ. In the book of Revelations, the Savior is referred to as the Lamb slain from the foundation of the world. Think of that. Christ was so trustworthy in the pre-existence that when he said, here I am, send me, that was like an ironclad covenant. There were no doubts, no concerns, no fears. When he said, send me, it was as if it had already been done. That is how trustworthy, how ironclad the Savior's promises are. So much so that it's considered that he was slain from the foundation of the world, not just when he came to the world and was crucified by the world. But now this brings up an interesting point. This is something that I've been thinking about all day today. 
is that here for the people of the Old Testament, the law worked for them because it pointed them to Christ. The law could work for them because of a belief in a Messiah who should come. They understood the symbolism. They understood what it meant. I believe that they understood that it wasn't just about a lamb, but that it was about the Messiah who would come. So my question is, it says here that the blood of bulls and goats cannot take away sin. Do we sometimes get in the mentality of bulls and goats taking away sin in our own lives? Now, obviously, we don't sacrifice bulls and goats. That's not what I'm saying. But do we sometimes go through the motion of repentance while losing focus on he who makes repentance possible? Does repentance sometimes become lip service? And in being lip service, does it just become about the bull and the goat rather than about the Savior, the Messiah, the Redeemer? Remember the first principles of the gospel? It's first faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and second repentance. I fear sometimes that maybe I get so focused on the repentance part or the action or the doing that I forget that in all the doing My eye needs to be single to Christ. I talk all the time about the why, why we do things. We live the gospel. We're obedient. We keep the commandments. We do all the things because doing the things can change our hearts. We don't do the things as a checklist. We don't do the things just to say we've done them. We do them because doing them, bending our will to God, being obedient, all of those things changes our hearts to make us more Christ-like. But what I'm learning more recently is that we can do all the things. We can check all the boxes. We can obey all the laws. We can do everything that we're supposed to do. But if we don't do those things focused on the Savior, if we don't do those things with an eye single to him, then they never have the power to change our hearts. And my friends, I would suggest that the same is true with repentance, that if we don't begin our repentance with first faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, then does the repentance have the necessary power to change us? Or is it just a to-do, a checklist on a box? Elder Renland once said it this way, real repentance must involve faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, faith that he can change us, faith that he can forgive us, and faith that he will help us avoid more mistakes. This kind of faith makes his atonement effective in our lives. What I love about this and what we'll learn more about tomorrow is that in order for faith to be true faith, there is action involved with it. So if we are going to have true faith in Jesus Christ, then the natural action is going to be to do things that help us come closer to him. And one of those things is repentance. My friends, there can be no repentance, no true repentance without faith in Jesus Christ. Like all things that we do in the church, repentance needs to be focused on Jesus Christ to have a real change, a lasting change in our hearts. But listen to this beautiful promise that he makes to us as we come unto him with an eye single to him. Verse 16 says, This is the covenant that I will make with them after those days, saith the Lord. I will put my laws into their hearts and in their minds will I write them, and their sins and iniquities will I remember no more. My friends, if we are willing to come unto Christ with full purpose of heart, 
if we are willing to allow our faith in him to lead us to action to be more like him, then our covenants can have full effect in our lives. And because of this covenant, the Lord can write his laws in our hearts and in our minds and our sins and our iniquities. He promises that he will remember no more. We will. That's one of the unfortunate things about sin is that we don't forget. But the promise is, is that he will forget. He doesn't hold them over us. He doesn't bring it back to us and rub our faces in it. We will from time to time remember. And even sometimes the memory will sting. But we shouldn't be harrowed up by the memory of our mistakes anymore because of the faith that we have in Jesus Christ, because of the faith that we have in his promise that he will not continue to remember our sins because of his promise and his power of the atonement, which was so sure and so true that it took effect even from the very foundations of the world, from the moment that he said, here I am, I send me. If he was that trustworthy, that the very hinge point of God's plan of happiness for his children took effect the moment the Savior agreed, then can we have enough trust in him to approach him, to keep our eyes single to his glory, and to do all things in remembrance of him? It's my testimony that if we will do that, the Savior will not only write upon our hearts, he will change our hearts as well. Thank you so much for listening today. If you're enjoying this podcast, make sure to follow us on social media, subscribe, like, comment, or share. This has been Come Follow Me, Daily Dose, and I'm Lindsay Hansen. 